Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We've got a great new show tonight featuring one of my favorite songwriters from the Twin Cities, a fellow who's known as the unofficial mayor of St. Paul because he's done it all over there. Mr. Martin Devaney has a new record out called Dispatch under a new moniker called Folios. He's got a album release party coming up Saturday, October 23rd at the Astor Cafe right on the river there in northeast Minneapolis. We're going to listen to several songs off this new record and find out what he's been doing for the last couple of years since the last time we had him on the show. And uh, so, Martin, great chat with you again. Yeah, good to hear from you, Paul. Now, you've got a new record out called Dispatch. But it's under new. It's not under your God-given name of Martin Devaney. <laughs> it's under Folios. What? Why? And what is Folio? Um, well, uh, I've been joking that I I've been trying to break up with myself for a while now, and uh, <laughs> finally happened. Rather than the band breaking up. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I made a record up. at home. What's that? I said you broke yourself up. That's it. Um, so, yeah, I made a record at home this winter, and, you know, just during the pandemic was taking a break from everything, which I sort of had planned on anyway. Um, it just kind of grew into an aesthetic on its own, and um, it kind of felt like it stood on its own as a as a project, and I, I kind of liked the idea of the moniker, even though it's a really personal record for me. Um, you know, I just kind of like the idea of the mon- moniker and the potential for collaborating with some others going forward and, and uh, kind of a fresh start. So describe what folios actually means to you. Um, well, I was kind of looking for something, you know, with a little bit of a literary bent. Um, band names are hard enough as it is, and somehow this wasn't taken. Um, but <laughs> I kind of was thinking about it as like... Um, in terms of kind of thinking of myself as a writer first, um, you know, uh, as a songwriter and, and a writer before, you know, even as a musician, um, I was trying to think of it from a standpoint of like, uh, you know, rather than releasing a, a book of say poems or short stories, I was kind of looking at this kind of songwriting for me and the craft of songwriting in general as, um, you know, little collections and, and um, that name just kind of was appealing to me in that world. So I can ask you a personal question because we haven't talked in a couple of years, but you yeah. went through a serious illness. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I ended up in the hospital about a year ago um, and ended up quitting drinking um, after a long time of enjoying that quite a bit and maybe too much at times. Um, and, uh, it was a, it was a bit of a scare. Yeah. Um, I, uh, spent about 10 days in the hospital and, and, uh, you know, just kind of the lifestyle of things caught up to me. And, um, so a lot of changes in this last year. And, um, when I was at home 
afterward, kind of getting myself on track, uh, after a little downtime, these tunes just started coming, and I, I had bought a new little parlor guitar, and I was writing on that, and, uh, yeah, just kind of tapping into a little creative stretch that I, I was glad was still there. I was worried about that, and uh, I just I had this fever to write, and I, I was writing dozens of tunes and just chipping away at them, and um, it was a good way to kind of you know nourish myself as a part of my healing and, and, and getting back to uh, the guy I want to be and getting healthier speaking of fevers if you don't mind uh i don't want to get too personal so what actually was the malady what made you go into the hospital what caused yeah was was it booze yeah yep um i had quit drinking uh i i've been saying well you know i i spent a good number of years there uh you know as as you know, the the lifestyle of a of a traveling musician, uh, you kind of get caught up in the culture of it, and and I um I just kind of time caught up to me, and I kind of gotten a little worse over the years, and certainly the pandemic, like a lot of people, um, you know, I was going through a few other kind of heavy life things, and uh, I was actually unemployed at the time. And, um, I've kind of summed it up as, as a, as having kind of an organ rebellion and right. I wasn't feeling too well. Um, my wife was out of town for the weekend and I wasn't feeling well and I went into urgent care and they sent me into the ER where they admitted me wow. and, uh, kept me for 10 days for various, uh, ailments related to, to alcohol abuse and um yeah and while i was in there uh some complications came up that kept me there a little longer and uh so through a combination of you know kind of knowing it was time for me to tap the brakes anyway um there's definitely an element of being scared straight and uh it just caught up with me i mean you know we've all seen it go a number of ways in this line of work and uh i was kind of being told that i i had a decision um that i either make a change or you know next time there might not be a next time they might not be seeing me again so well i'm proud of you man congratulations Thanks. and then your your wife must have been overjoyed when you got up <laughs> got up. Well, she had a sober husband for the first time Right. Yeah. Well, aside from, you know, the whole not dying thing, um, <laughs> the best part of all this is that you didn't die. Um, we like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm typically a fan of that. <laughs> um, yeah. she's Maggie's been, you know, it's been great for her to, to alleviate that stress from her life and any worries that she had and, you know, any of the, the BS she has to put up with that comes along with that. Um, not that I wasn't typically a fun drunk, but, uh, which I, you know, but the lifestyle caught up with me and, um, you know, I, I have no one to blame but myself, but, but, uh, it's been good. You know, it was something I realized needed to happen and, you know, the illness as it were kind of cemented that, but, uh, I, I've really, you know, over the past year, I've really kind of just rediscovered like 
you know the the guy I really am and and who I want to be as a as a as a writer, a musician, a husband, a friend, a person in the community and in this music community as well. Um, I want to stick around and and I'm I'm happy to report that um, you know one of my my first show back or well my second show back first show with this group was at Palmer's. And uh, if you can make it four or five hours of Palmer's playing a show and walk out without a wobble, it's a good sign. You're, so. you're superhuman. And let's give a shout-out to the great Tony Zaccardi, who's uh, mm-hmm. kept the place afloat at historic joint on Cedar Avenue. It's been there for over 100 years. And yeah. I'm glad to see that yourself and Baby Grant Johnson, Rich Manson, all my good buddies yeah. have worked there. So uh, shout out to Mr. Zaccardi. Well, and I know yeah. uh, you've been uh, so kind when I put on my benefits for homeless doggies. You've uh, you've played several of them. Oh, yeah. I know you're a big uh, dog lover, and I'm sure your doggy. Tell us the name of your doggy and how happy must your dog have been when you got <laughs> home from the hospital. Yeah, Cooley. Um, named after Mike Cooley, the guitar player from Drive-By Truckers. Cool. Yeah, he was he was great, um, you know, to have around this whole winter because, you know, every time I go down the basement to record or write, you know, he's following me down there and sitting in the chair right across from me. So he was <laughs> pretty. He was in the he was in the sessions for ninety five percent of these tunes. Was he giving you the pause up or pause down on which tape? Yeah, you, like? you know, I get a little feedback. <laughs> We're gonna you listen to um. Off your new record, Dispatch, called uh, Bad Penny. Give us a little intro to this number, Martin Devaney. Oh, yeah. This was the uh, maybe the last song I wrote for this. I figured we needed a... The, I, I've been joking that the label, my label, Pig's Eye Records, was pressuring me for a single. So we needed something a little upbeat, at least a little bit upbeat. And so I kind of came up with this one. Is it... Uh... Sounds like it might be about somebody in particular. You said that there's a line in there, Shane McGowan, without the songs. I happened to yeah. watch phenomenal Shane McGowan documentary last night on Hulu. If you yeah. haven't seen it, you must. Have you seen it? Is it the Drink with Shane McGowan or is it a newer one? I think it's a newer one. Um, okay. I saw one maybe about, from the 90s. Oh, yeah, no, this one's newer. It's really okay. good. I highly well, let's listen to yeah. Bad Pet by Folios, written by Martin Devaney, and we'll be back for the whole show tonight on the Wall of Power Radio with Mr. Devaney. <laughs>
Welcome back to the second set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We've got songwriter Martin Devaney on for the whole show tonight. Martin, you are called, with great regard, the unofficial mayor of St. Paul. Give us a little bit of your St. Paul props, uh, your time in that uh, beautiful river city, and uh, who nicknamed you that? Um. Well, that, you know, I was born and raised and, you know, still live in St. Paul. And uh, I never had a nickname my whole life, uh, really, at all. Um, but about oh, 2006 or seven, there was, uh, like, a local music top ten roundup in a old magazine called Metro Magazine. It's a monthly local cultural magazine. And a um, songwriter named Stuk, uh, who had a lot of records out around then, was playing, playing out a lot was given his top 10 local songs of the year, something like that. And he had mentioned one of my tunes and, and put in there, you know, from the unofficial mayor of St. Paul. And, uh, it just <laughs> caught on. Like people started, people started using that and calling me that. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of pride for my hometown and, and, uh, you know, I've always thought of myself of the twin cities and certainly it's come up in the St. Paul and Minneapolis scene, but, uh, you know, I, I I embrace the association. So, um, well, I started out truly well deserved. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, just you know, I started out playing in bands in in, in late high school, and and um, yeah, you know, uh, two of the guys in my live version of the group right now go back to uh, high school and grade school with me, and I have been in my regular band in the past, and yeah, so it's just kind of something that's stuck i think it gets a little bit blown up at times but i you know i go with it what uh tell us about uh you used to blow a little saxophone in high school yeah uh since i was about 12 or 13 um through high school and i played in jazz groups out of the walker west music academy on selby avenue and then i joined uh the hip-hop group high respects uh my senior year of high school as that started up with some friends Played in that group for a few years. Um, played with Mike Gunther's band for a while. Uh, I do play sax on one tune on this record. And, uh, you know, I pick it up every now and then. Played in Roma de Luna for a number of years. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's in the back pocket. Well, good for you, Mark. You're a talented cat and a great lyricist. Uh, I think it's one of the things you're uh, really known for is a songwriter. But you've sure. got... You're very well read, and uh, you went to the U of M. Did you study English at the U? I did. Um, I started out in in journalism and didn't didn't stick there very long. Um, so I studied, yeah, literature and creative writing, and um, you know that's something I've kind of always known about myself. Like, I mean, when I started playing guitar, kind of that my first year at the U, I was I was 18 when I first started playing guitar. A little later than a lot of people, and. Uh, I was never going to be playing leads or anything. It was always a vehicle to write. And that's something that I think really set in for me while kind of assessing my relationship to music during during this last year plus where um, I'd been kind of burned out at the end of 2019 into the beginning of 2020, just traveling a lot and, and playing a ton of shows largely by myself and kind of coming down to like wanting to take a break and then we all had to take a break obviously and and as i got to writing this stuff 
uh, you know, roughly about this time of year, last year, October or so, um, I realized, like, I wanted to reassess my relationship to playing live, you know, as it happened again and, and what my strengths really were. And the truth of it is like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a rock and roll front man. I'm not uh, a, a top notch singer. You know, uh, I'm not, like I said, going to rip off a hot lead guitar part, but I can write. And, um, and I enjoy catch, you know, catching on to melodies and, and whatnot. Uh, especially, but the craft of writing is where where my strengths lie, and really what I love, and that's something that kind of came back to me this last year was was just like looking forward to writing rather than you know at its worst being a chore, or kind of where it's been the last you know decade plus for me is something that like you know I still do regularly and I, I crank out tunes, but um, I would say it's been you know, roughly 15 years or so since I've had this kind of energy for it and, and desire to, you know, just, the, you know, loving the, the process of, of revising and, and editing and, and tightening up tunes um, as a craft, because that's how I look at it. You know, it's, it's the, it's the carving wood, making chairs aspect of things. And um, so I'm leaning hard into that and really, you know, first time I ever included lyrics with a record and, and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely trying to play to whatever perceived strengths I have. Well, you know, it's interesting. You're honest about your limitations. I remember a great quote by Jerry Garcia. I'm not sure if it was his quote, but I heard him say it. He said, a, he said, a musician's style is really a sum of his limitations. Sure. That's good. Now, speaking yeah. of limitations, you're pretty unlimited on this record. You played how many instruments? Um, I guess four, five. Okay. Well, okay, guitar, harmonica, keyboards, saxophone, percussion. Yeah, I guess five. <laughs> Did you find it, you know, you've been recording for years, and, and how many records have you put out, Martin Devaney? Um, total, I've done seven full lengths under my name, one under the Crossing Guards band, uh, two EPs, and so this will be my 11th release, um, overall, yeah. You're nipping at the heels of, uh, of our good friend Dan Israel, who always <laughs> likes to mention whatever record he is, is his 14th, 15th, or 16th. Yeah. Yeah, I said, well, keep working on it. Willie Nelson has 89 records out. So. Right, yeah. It's the goal. Yep. We all do. But uh, Right, my Willie Nelson collection is large on my shelf. It's, yeah, I never, well, good. I never collect them all. Did, um, i got to get that Willie Sinatra record. In fact, I think I'll oh, order yeah. it this afternoon. Yeah, I haven't heard so, that yet. Um. You know, I'm the kind of guy, if I need my truck fixed, I take it to a mechanic. If I'm going to record a record, I'd like to go in a recording studio because I'm not smart enough to fiddle the knobs myself or have enough bandwidth to figure out how to record and perform at the same time. Tell the uh, audience out there that's never done any recording the difference between being in a studio with a bona fide uh, knob twizzler, 
uh, and or engineer produce slash producer. Most great engineers are actually producers, as we well know, and doing it on your own. What was the uh, the climb of the hill on that? <laughs> that well, the difference is that if you're working with, in my case, if you're working with a engineer producer, you have at least one person in the room that knows what he's doing. Um, right. I uh, I don't have a great track record in that regard, um, nor do I know what I'm doing. Uh, but you know, I I worked on a four track in the past quite a bit and I dug it out and I started doing some demos on there. Um, and I wasn't, um, I wasn't quite getting the results I wanted. And I, as I kept going and like playing some of the demos for people, I realized like I wanted to add a little more to them. So I started working in garage band, um, just on the computer. Um, and it really, it initially was truly going to be demos. Um, I just would put down, you know, guitar, vocal, maybe a harmony vocal. And then I was sending them out to some friends just for feedback or musicians that I play with to see, you know, when we can go into the studio, what we might do with it. And as the month wore on and, you know, we were not getting any closer to realistically being in a studio. And I kept writing tunes and adding parts to the existing ones. Um, I started getting feedback from some friends and, and, and peers that uh, maybe I could put something like this out and maybe it would be reflective of the time we just, well, that we are still living through. Um, and so I kind of shifted my perspective to like um, wanting to put something a little more lo-fi out and I started experimenting a little more. Um, and it was great having that kind of patience, which I typically don't in the studio although a lot of times I've been playing songs live before I recorded them, um, able to kind of sit with them, you know, put down a track, listen to it, tweak it a bit, and then maybe a day or two later I hear a guitar part and I put that on there, or I come to a harmony part, or I write a bridge and re-record it, you know. Um, so I started adding some stuff, and, you know, like I don't play keyboards, I don't play piano, but I was able to teach myself parts well enough to play them um, in a recording sense. And I uh, just kind of kept layering it up. And I really, I've always been a fan of, of lo-fi recordings, you know, by the like 90s indie rock stuff, Mountain Goats or L.A. Smith or Guided by Voices. You know, I've always loved that kind of stuff. Uh, or even Springsteen's Nebraska, you know, on four track, which is, sure. <laughs> that's everyone's favorite Springsteen record that doesn't like his other stuff, you know. But, um, and and so I um, I just kept, trying stuff and and the result is you know it is a it's a record made in my basement and it sounds like it but luckily um and i originally was just going to get it kind of mastered and put it out on a cassette and digital but i was able to meet up with my old buddy tom herbers who actually recorded yeah herbers is great and he actually recorded my first full-length album with him at his old studio third year which is where the gopher stadium is now (laughs) And uh, he was able to take the tracks at his new space and mix them at his studio that in St. Paul that he has now. And um, we we ran, you know, he ran the, the vocals through his analog board, ran some of the keyboards through a Leslie speaker, if it was an organ, you know, ran the guitars through some amps, and then mixed it down to half-inch tape or quarter-inch tape and mastered from the tape. Um, that truly changed 
um, the dynamic of what I think we had here and, and allowed me, I think kind of pushed me to be able to release it on vinyl and CD where, um, I think I've got something people can take home now. Uh, thanks to the work he was able to do with it. Well, let's listen to uh, your song, No Line in the Sand, off your sure. record dispatch uh, by Folios, the artist formerly known as Martin Devaney. And we'll have Marty on for the whole show on the Wall of Power Radio Hour tonight. Welcome to the second act. We made a deal we had a pact. I can hear you counting down from Sorry I'm your chosen one Be anxious and unfrozen one A letter somebody forgot to send A fraud was all you ever saw A plotting was the fatal flaw Welcome back to the last set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We've got my good friend Martin Devaney on for the whole show tonight. We're exploring his new record, Dispatch. We've heard a couple of tracks. We're going to hear a couple more before the show is done. Martin Devaney, you've also worn the hat as a label owner, uh, and you had your label, Electone Records, for how long? And let's talk about a couple of... Uh, our good friends that put out records on that label, Charlie Parr and Dan Israel. And uh, yeah. tell us about uh, your foray into being a label honcho. Yeah. Um, so I kind of started Eclectone out in 2002, more or less as a vanity imprint, um, as my, just to release my own music. And then um, pretty quickly, a couple other bands came into the fold as kind of a cooperative where we would like, um, you know, they would get to you know, essentially self-release the record, but use the logo, put it on our website. And then like, you know, we'd take out ads in No Depression or whatever magazine um, and share the cost and kind of play shows together and help each other out. Uh, that grew a little bit when a friend named Scott Laguerre came on board a couple years into that uh, via Mark Stockert and uh, where I made uh, I think four records total so far uh, with him. And so Mark was involved and Scott, and we kind of spent the next eight years till about 2010 uh, putting out a number of albums, putting together showcase shows, uh, South by Southwest and in the Twin Cities. Um, yeah, worked with Charlie Parr, Dan Israel, Joanna James, Little Man, a um, number of other artists. And, um, you know, it was a ever-changing climate in that time uh, in terms of how people were consuming music. And the last decade, we've seen that continue. Um, and so after a few years away from that world, uh, I kind of started up another imprint after that came to an end called Pig's Eye Records. Um, Pig's Eye being the original name of St. Paul. And um, so far, I've, I've worked with a couple other Paul's artists. I believe, right? What's that? Does somebody still make Pig's Eye beer? I think it's still made, yeah. Maybe in New Ulm, 
wherever they make uh, Greenbelt Premium might, okay. might still make Pig's Eye, I think. Um, and they still have a Pig's Eye sign outside of my neighborhood bar, the spot in St. Paul. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I've got Pig's Eye Records now, and I've, I've helped promote a couple friends' releases. Um, and I'm booking one night a month at the new White Squirrel Club uh, bar in St. Paul kind of a sister bar to the 331 in northeast and uh, i'm doing like a pig's eye records presents night once a month there cool. um, and just kind of trying to start back at the way the other one started you know have it be a way to promote minnesota music and you know maybe less of a traditional label in the way that we know it um just because i think that functions differently in 2021 than it did 20 years ago so well, yeah there. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I love my history, especially my Minnesota history. So Pig's Eye, where that full name came from, who named it that and what was it named after? So it was, there was a guy named Pig's Eye Perrant who okay. was a bootlegger. Um, and he came to town and settled uh, near the caves, the Wabasha Caves. And he had a bootlegging operation out of there. And named the area uh, after himself till the church <laughs> ran him out of town years later, apparently. Um, and so that is the short origin story of the town. It was a bootlegging town. So I, I joke that we're a we're a boutique label, not bootleg. <laughs> Tell us about the song we're going to hear a little bit of next. Count to sunrise. Uh yeah, that was um. I recorded, I wrote and recorded that in a morning, uh, one, one time this winter. Um, just kind of thinking about, you know, uh, feeling lucky to be here, feeling grateful for each morning, um, and kind of the thought of, um, just feeling real isolated and trying to figure out my path going forward and how, you know, that plays into somebody else's life as well a partner or you know friend romantic partner anything um how that looks going forward beautiful let's listen to conscious sunrise written by martin devaney on the new record dispatched by folios
just heard Come to Sunrise, Come to Sunrise by my guest Martin Devaney. Now, Martin, uh, you sound like you're into a completely new, groovy, and healthier lifestyle. So what uh, what does a day in Martin Devaney's look like, and what the hell it says in your press kit that you're a cheesemonger? <laughs> yeah, well, these days, uh, a little less romantic than that, I, I more or less work in a warehouse these days, uh, cheese warehouse, but I have spent... Okay five or six of the last 10 years working as a cheesemonger for my day gig. Um, just kind of happened. Wasn't a particular uh, passion or anything, but uh, found my way into working at co-ops and little cheese shops. And I work for a distributor now uh, paying the bills, paying the bills that way when, uh, when I'm not writing or playing tunes. Well, my sister works on the East coast in a big grocery store in the cheese department. And they have I have hundreds, of kinds of cheeses. She's a big uh, proponent of cheese. It's great for the mind yeah. and the body. Uh, and it's amazing how many kinds of cheese there are. I'm sure you've uh, oh, found yeah. that out in your line of work. Yeah, the gourmet cheese world, you know, especially in the United States, the last couple decades has really grown. And uh, yeah, it's a fun, fun thing to kind of randomly know a lot about and popular parties. So, yeah, sure. You know? Now, Martin, what are you, uh, and I'm not even saying we're post-COVID because we're still dealing with right. the ramifications of it, uh, but what is, is your world starting to open up in terms of not only going out and playing shows, but going out and seeing shows? Yes. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I've been cautiously optimistic with all of that. Um, certainly it's helped by places like, you know, first avenues requiring a vaccination card. Um, that's a little bit of peace of mind at least. Um, but we've kind of been, you know, certainly dipping our toes back in. Uh, most of what I've played and attended has been outside, but since we are on the cusp of that kind of being less of an option here in Minnesota, um, it's, it is opening up. You know, we have a couple things on the books for the fall. We're asking that attendees be vaccinated or have a negative test in the couple of days before. And um, I'm just hoping that people are on board with that, with that um, culture because, you know, last year we were all in this, everything was shut down. We, it was a lot of unknowns. This year we have a chance to squash it. And, um, I think there's another level of frustration if we start seeing things get canceled or shut down again, because we, we have a chance to not lose our livelihood this time. And, um, I'm hopeful that the next couple of months going forward, especially with the vaccine, maybe being available for kids that, uh, we'll see some, some more people come around on that. That was me. I've, I've enjoyed the things. Yeah. Now, Martin, we've got a uh, CD release party come up. Coming up Saturday, October 23rd, 9 p.m. at the Acoustically Perfect Aster Cafe run by our good friend Jeff Arundel, right on the banks of the Mississippi River, just a couple blocks east of uh, the Hennepin Avenue Bridge. You've got uh, a woman opening up named Bev. Who is Bev? It's Nikki Beverly. Um, She used to play under her... Uh, name and 
changed it a couple of years ago to Bev as like a band moniker. Um, so she'll be playing either solo or duo sets, but she's been a friend for a number of years and has a great new record out called Crusher. And um, she's a great songwriter. And we've actually, we did a show last month together, so we figured it'd be a good fit for another one. Well, I'm glad to hear uh, you're getting out and about. Martin, before yeah. we forget, how can people uh, track down where you're playing and how to get the new record? Sure. Um, the the website is foliosetheband.com. Uh, and that's also like our social media handles, Folios the Band. Um, so uh, records and stuff and shows are available there. And then Bandcamp, um, the album's also available there. Um, so those are the places we'll be, yeah, posting shows and, and content and all that stuff. Links to tunes. And well, um, had a great career yeah. over the years. Doing some great opening acts for people like Billy Bragg, Jess, uh, and the Jayhawks. What, yeah. uh, just off the top of your head, what was your favorite opening act for any of those great artists? Wow, uh, favorite. I can, I can tell you the strangest one was Evan Dando from the Lemonheads. Oh, yeah, um, tell us about that. That was a trip uh, at the Fine Line about 2003, and he was, he was quite a character um, that night. Uh, was he, he, was, he was he was he was a trip. Um, was other good ones, his drug buddy Ray. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like that. He he was allegedly sober at the time, but uh, you know I wasn't so sure. Um, <laughs> but he was great. Uh, you know I've had some good ones. Uh, Mike Doty from Soul Coughing was a, he was really nice. Uh, Rhett Miller from the old ninety sevens was great. Um, opening for him at the turf. He was very nice. Um, gosh, you know, there's a lot of them. In, when I played in Roma de Luna, we opened for Mavis Staples at the, uh, wow. at the theater. That was that was special. It doesn't get um, any better. In- yeah, that was that was a special one. Um, and then, gosh, yeah, there's been a lot over the years. Uh, Robbie Falks is a great songwriter. I've opened for a few times. Oh, a phenomenal um, guitar player. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Martin those are some, Devaney, you know. Martin Devaney, you've been in the biz for over 20 years. You and I have shared several stages together. You seem yeah. like I've seen, like all musicians, especially independent musicians, have seen live scene change, record distribution change. Uh, then the advent of streaming services, which goofed everything up. What is your uh, what is your outlook as a working musician in the current environment? What uh, what can you tell us about that, and, uh, and what are your feelings? Um, you know, I'm I'm like everybody else, scrambling to keep up with everything, and 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 you know, I'm I'm not so much of a holdout that I am, you know boycotting Spotify or anything like that, because I think we have to recognize that, you know, the way people consume music is, is ever changing though. I still believe in the artifact and the art of the album. Uh, you know, this, this record is still coming out on vinyl, you know, it was sequenced in a certain way. There are two distinct sides in my mind, but recognizing that, you know, streaming is a thing and, and, and that, um, you know, 
radio has a different role in discovering music. Um, it just comes back to the craft for me. I, I believe that if we keep, you know, making stuff and writing and putting it out, you know, there's going to be people who, who gravitate toward that. And I've certainly changed my perception on what I define as successful. Um, and rather, you know, just trying to find the people that this connects with. And I think that still begins with great songs. Um, I'm, I'm again, cautiously optimistic for the future of, of music making, uh, you know, thinking about how sustainable it is in a financial sense, that's tricky. Um, but all I know to do is, is keep picking up the guitar and, and the, and the notebook and booking shows and, well, uh, and, and making myself yeah. available, you know? Yeah. Well, we're happy you're, you're still with us. You've got a gorgeous yeah. wife, lovely dog. You've got a new record out. You're 12 or 13. You're successful in my book, uh, Devaney. Thank you, sir. You too. Uh, you're, your uh, your your stories and, and and tales have been an inspiration. So, well, thank you, Martin. Well, it's great chatting with you. We're going to listen to "Better Off Sashes" by Folios, written by Martin Devaney, off his new record "Dispatch." Go out and get it. Check him out at the Astor Cafe, October twenty third. Martin, it's been great chatting with you. I hope to see you in person soon. Yes, you too, definitely. Thanks for listening to Wall of Power Regular. The show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brett Johnson. And we'd like to thank our great sponsor, School of Rock, Eden Prairie. We want to thank our guest, Martin Devaney. We've got a bunch of fresh shows coming up on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. You can go to am950radio.com and find podcasts the last seven years of shows. And we appreciate you listening every week. And remember, like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. Someday, the high.